0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Hour number two on Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. I am Chris Candy. He is Roe Parrish, and we've been reacting all show long to the Los Angeles Lakers coming to terms with LeBron James on a two-year pact. For $97.1 million, the deal does include a player option for the 2024-2025 season. Also a 15% trade kicker, although I don't imagine that the Los Angeles Lakers would ever use that. But LeBron James is on the same timeline now as one Anthony Davis. And so, Ro, it's gotten us to thinking, man... What's going to happen with LeBron James during this, this three-year contract or this two-year contract with an option for a third year? Can they potentially compete for a championship? And that's the question that we want to throw out to you, the callers. Hit us up on the call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Has LeBron James' championship window closed? We want to hear it from you. Starting stronger starts with AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. Auto zone. And so, Roe, when it comes to LeBron James, do you feel like his championship window is closed?
1: Absolutely. It is closed. And Whoa! It, it, it no is, hesitation. No hesitation as the roster is currently constructed right now. And I'm going to focus on that because we don't know what could happen with different traits. But I'm going to say this one thing that I know that is for certain. Father Tom is undefeated. And while we just saw LeBron James. Tell Tom Brady that. Well, I mean, that's, there's always an exception to the rule. <laughs> you know, maybe this, maybe LeBron is the exception in the NBA. However, playing at that MVP caliber level, see, seeing what we just saw this past season, him essentially leading the NBA in scoring, playing at the level that he was playing at, is that sustainable, number one, over an entire season and into the playoffs at his age And can he still have that same level of production? I just don't see that happening. LeBron spends millions on his body to stay healthy. I admire him. I wish I could spend at least a quarter of that just to keep me healthy. However, I just can't see that happening at this stage in his career. If they are going to be a championship contender in any way for LeBron... He cannot be the primary option. He's going to need someone else that can carry the load the majority of the season and carry them into the postseason and into potentially the finals. Well, that's supposed to be Anthony Davis, right? It's supposed to be, but we know how it
0: works. It's supposed to be Anthony Davis. I remember when they did the deal with the New Orleans Pelicans and they gave up Brandon Ingram along with a whole host of assets in order to get Anthony Davis. The thought was... As LeBron James continues to age and gets into the twilight of his career, Anthony Davis would take the torch and become, quote-unquote, the guy with the L.A. Lakers. In this offseason, we've heard from Darvin Ham that this is going to be the focal point of this offense. It's going to run through A.D. The question is, will A.D. be able to hold up? Can he have one of those heavy workloads, a high usage rate, like we see from other bigs around the league, like Joel Embiid and like Giannis Antetokounmpo? I'm sorry, I just don't trust it. I I just don't believe that we can assign that level of health to Anthony Davis based on what we've seen for the last three seasons in a row I feel like my skepticism is warranted given the track record.
1: Well, absolutely, because let's think about it. We love Anthony Davis. He has an amazing skill set offensively and defensively. He can be the best big in all of basketball. He should be the best big, and one knock that we hear on him all the time is top five talent, which is an absolute insult seeing that he has top five talent. However, we just don't see it consistently. Let's think about this. The only time that we've seen Anthony Davis 100% healthy and balling out of control was when he had three months off And then they went and played in the Mickey Mouse, well, my my bad, the bubble, the bubble in Orlando. Some people say it's the Mickey Mouse championship, the AAU championship, but that is the only time in his career that we have seen him healthy since he has been with the Lakers.
0: All right, you're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. We're going to go out to the call-in lines and bring on Mike in Queens, who's got something to say about LeBron James' championship window. Mike, you're on Greeny. What up? What's
2: up, guys? Uh, I don't think that his window is closing. I just think that he needs to stop playing GM. I, he's continually trying to get like his friends on the team
0: and stuff like that. Just let the GM do his job and stop trying to act like he's controlling the team. He's still an amazing player. Yeah, Mike, I'm with you. I mean, he averaged 30 points, eight rebounds, and six assists last year. I, I mean, the guy is a monster when it comes to being able to be productive, especially on the offensive end. But we also recognize he needs more help with the supporting cast. And I don't think that their championship window is closed. Are they going to compete this upcoming season? Highly unlikely, unless they make a significant move for a player like Kyrie Irving. Hold on, hold on. You don't think it's closed? I don't think it's closed, and here's the reason why. I think the contract that LeBron James signed is going to afford this organization flexibility in future years. After this season, there's the potential to have upwards of $20 million in cap space. The year after that, they'll have the money, if they choose to, to sign another max player. So, there'll be opportunities to add to this roster. And I'm not going to completely dismiss that LeBron James can compete at a championship level if they're able to add another all-star caliber player. Does
1: Anthony Davis become a trade asset at this point in his career?
0: (sighs) Here's the thing. I I don't know that he becomes a trade asset. You're not going to get, you know, the return on investment that you're looking for if you decide to move him unless he has an outstanding season, an all-NBA caliber season, after which point, why would you want to trade him? So I think that Darvin Ham is going to have to be the one that brings out the best in AD And based on what you've heard around the NBA, how do you think that relationship is going to go?
1: Well, let me just say this. Darvin Ham is widely respected around the league. We know he was a player for a number of years. But he has also been in situations to where he's been an assistant with contending playoff teams. The Atlanta Hawks, you go years back with Coach Budd. Also being an assistant on a championship team. And this is one thing that you know players that I know off the record said, listen... When they saw Darvin Ham get hired, they said he might fight LeBron. And and they say it tongue-in-cheek, but just to say that he is not afraid to step to LeBron. We know that LeBron is great and he has a certain level of respect in this league, but he's not going to back down from LeBron at any given time.
0: No, and you don't want a head coach that's going to back down from LeBron. You want somebody that has a strong personality. We've seen when you get the best out of LeBron James, you've got a coach that's got a little fire in him. Eric Spolster down in Miami, Ty Lue in Cleveland. Like, in order to bring out the best in LeBron James, you have to have a coach that's willing to push back because that sets the tone for everybody on the team. Everybody in that locker room, and quite frankly, everybody within the organization. And so I think that Darvin Ham is going to be a breath of fresh air in terms of creating a sense of urgency, not only with the guys on the court, but everybody – in the front office as well. And so that's the thing that I'm interested to see. But LeBron James signing this contract sooner rather than later shows me that he has faith in the organization and what they're trying to do. Not necessarily just what happens this year, but what happens over the next two or three seasons. Because listen, if he's locking in, That lets you know that he doesn't like his options in 2023 and he's willing to see how these next couple of years go before he makes a definitive decision. So we'll see what the LeBron James of it all is. We'll see what ends up happening with Russell Westbrook. But I think that's the other big piece to this conversation, how Darvin Ham
1: uses Russell Westbrook and exactly what Russell Westbrook's value at the trade deadline ends up being. Great points made. Because Russell Westbrook right now, his value is probably as low as it's ever been. And we've seen him go basically, what, four different teams over the last four seasons, leaving OKC, going to Houston, then going to Washington, ending up in Los Angeles where LeBron thought it was going to be a great fit. Again, and the previous caller alluded to it, LeBron got to stop playing GM, but we know that's not going to happen. No, that's
0: not going to happen. So let's go back out to the call-in lines and bring on John in New Jersey. He got something to say about Bron. John, you're on Greeny. What up? How you doing, guys? Doing good. What you got for us?
3: So I I agree with the uh, last caller, and I agree with you guys in terms of this is the kind of coach he needs. Because what happens to LeBron, in my opinion, is when he doesn't have that, when he doesn't have the, the right leadership on the bench, he tries to do everything. So he tries to be the GM. But he also tries to be the referee. I have never seen him not complain on the offensive end of the court whether he scores or not. He tries to do everything. If he had a, a, a strong head coach that's complaining, it's always in the ref's ears, he wouldn't feel he has to do it as much. But it drives me nuts. Every time down, you see him looking at the ref and, and, and chirping. Now, I know that's part of the game in the NBA, but LeBron tries to do it too much and interferes with
1: his greatness. John, we appreciate that right there. And you know what? He's not too far off. LeBron is obviously in his place for a reason. He wants greatness, and he demands greatness all around him, whether it be his coaching staff, his players, the front office, that the referees. He demands that greatness. But to John's point, when he was with Coach Bo, and you alluded to this as well, when you have Ty Lue, you have a coach that can take care of things with the refs for you, so there's not as much focus on those other aspects of the game, and you just focus on playing ball. And we know Ty Lue and LeBron have gone at it. We've heard about the profanity. Oh, what happened in the locker room. Yes, There there was some furniture moving. Oh, yeah, yeah, no question about it. So I love Darvin Ham becoming the head coach for the Lakers because, again, he is not going to back down, and he is respected league-wide. So what you're saying is Frank Vogel never had a chance. Listen, (laughs) I got got love for Frank Vogel, but when you come into an organization and they dictate who you bring in as assistant coaches, that – Eliminates your respect right there at that moment, and the players aren't going to look at you the same way because you can't even bring in your own guys. They're telling you who you got to bring in.
0: Well, Roe Parrish has love for Frank Vogel and Darvin Ham. It seems like there's a major television network that's got big love for the Big Ten. We'll explain. You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus.
1: Greenie,
2: the podcast
3: H E L P dot com slash greeny, G R E E N Y.
2: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by.
0: You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. I am Chris Kenny. He is Ro Parrish, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. And, Ro, the Big Ten, they bought their coins, man. Absolutely. I don't know if you heard, but the Big Ten has completed a new seven year media rights agreement with Fox, CBS, and NBC that is set to bring in more than $7 billion. billion. That's billion with the B to the most, I guess, powerful. Athletic conference in college sports now is that what we have to call it?
1: I think that's safe to say the SEC is a close second. But close we, second. We know the Big Ten. But you
0: talk about seven billion,
1: that's yeah, seven
0: billion, a billion, a yeah. billion, a billion. That's a lot of money. The deal will begin July first, twenty twenty three, and run through the end of the 2029-2030 athletic year. The Big Ten is projected to eventually distribute eighty to one hundred million dollars per year to each of its sixteen members. According to the USA Today, the league distributed $54.3 million to most of its members during the most recent fiscal year, not impacted by the coronavirus. So this is huge money, and this is a big win for their commissioner, Kevin Warren, because he's talked about wanting to increase the revenue of the conference and obviously increasing the footprint of the Big Ten, being able to rope in schools like USC and UCLA, capturing the second largest market in the country, which is L.A., is huge in terms of being the driving force
1: behind being able to land this type of media rights deal. Hold on for a second. Do you hear that, Chris? Do you hear that? What's that? It's the sound of the price going up. I'm just saying right now. So listen, salute to the Big Ten for what they're doing, but let's look at the bigger picture right now. I mentioned the SEC for a reason. Mm. Right now they're on the clock. What is their next move going to be? Seeing the Big Ten has shifted the focus to them, and now they've added some more revenue with this ginormous TV deal SEC is about to be like, hold my beer. Well, you could say the SEC is going to be about
0: hold my beer. And, and, and there have been rumors out there that the SEC is interested in schools like Virginia, like North Carolina, Clemson, and Florida State. And it makes sense when you look at their geographical footprint. Absolutely. But there's a counter to that move should the SEC go that route. And that is Notre Dame. Yes, there is. Because Notre Dame <laughs> is in the heart of Big Ten country, and we know nothing moves the needle in college sports, specifically college football, like Notre Dame. And so that's the other interesting piece to this. Notre Dame, do they maintain their independence? Currently, they do have an agreement with the ACC in football where they play. I believe it's six games, six games every right. every calendar season, but that could change with the Quicks. If the Big Ten and Kevin Warren can make Notre Dame an offer that they can't refuse, when you start talking about $80 to $100 million, I mean, that's that's a huge jump from even where Notre Dame is at. Right now, it's been speculated that Notre Dame is trying to push NBC to give them $75 million per season. If you can talk about adding another $25 million, is that pot sweet enough for Notre Dame to make the jump to Big Ten and officially be in a conference rather than being independent?
1: Let me just say this right now. Notre Dame is the bachelor. They have all the roses and the Big Ten, the SEC, ACC, whatever you want to say, they are all going to be vying for an opportunity to have Notre Dame. It sounds crazy. Notre Dame and the SEC – It could be a possibility because with everything that we've just witnessed happen with the Big Ten, I grew up watching Notre Dame football. I automatically always associated them with the Big Ten, as most did. Mm -hmm. It seems to be, as you mentioned, a geographical geographical fit to be in the Big Ten. However, we know in today's day and age, money talks, we know what else walks.
0: Yeah, that doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what part of the country it is. It doesn't matter now. Yeah, like Nebraska's in the Big Ten. Tell me how that makes sense. USC
1: and UCLA UCLA are are in the Big Big Ten. I mean, come on.
0: It doesn't make sense. But right now, it feels like conference realignment, it really is about the Big Ten and the SEC. I mean, we talk about the Power Five schools, but the (laughs) Pac-12, the Big 12, the ACC, Yeah. It seems like those are conferences that are going to struggle to hang on to their, their members uh, if those are schools that the SEC or the Big Ten are interested in. So my question to you is, are you here for the conference realignment? Are you here for the increased revenue in college sports? Or do you feel like it takes away from the pageantry of the game by breaking up some of these natural rivalries? Listen,
1: I love the pageantry of college football by far. I love basketball. I love the NBA, but my favorite sport, is college football. There's some games I don't even know who the ro- who's on the roster, but if it's a late-night game on ESPN on Saturday night, I'm going to turn it on and watch it because I love college football. Yeah. But with that being said, I'm all about moving forward.
0: Ooh,
1: okay. Listen, loiterers should be arrested. It's all about progression. Yeah. So when you have all, tra- all the tradition, that's great, but I love NIL. I love that the players are able to capitalize off their name, image, and likeness, and I love the realignment. At the end of the day, I feel like we're going to have two, maybe three major conferences that we are paying attention to, and it's not going to matter where they are as far as where they are in the country. Sure. Are we going to get the best matchups on the field? That's all we want to see. At the end of the day, we want to see the best product on the field, and we want to see the players earn compensation. That's – that. Personally, that's all I want to see. So I'm all for realignment, shaking this thing up. Let's see what it looks like. We've seen so much change over the last five years in college football. Let's continue to evolve.
0: Yeah, and here's the thing. There is no mistaking the Big Ten continuing to evolve. When you think about the profile of some of the coaches in that conference, think about what they just got. Lincoln Riley now at USC. Chip Kelly at UCLA. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. I mean, you think about the profile of some of these coaches that are in the Big Ten now, you think about the markets that they've captured. They've got the New York market, the tri-state area market because of Rutgers. They've got the Chicago market. Now they've got the L.A. market. I mean, the Big Ten is raising the stakes, and this new deal for $7 billion, it just shows you where the overall direction of big-time college sports is going. Now you got to think, along with all of this television revenue – there's going to be an increase in some of that NIL money for some of these players as well. And I know both you and I are here for it, but does that become a slippery slope? Does that become something dangerous for players that are in the Big Ten or the SEC?
1: I don't know if it becomes dangerous. I I like the fact that you have... NIL compliance groups that you start to see established in various universities. Just saw a story on ESPN that we had about LSU, where they have an actual department. The University of Miami has done the same thing, and if colleges haven't done that yet, I think a lot of universities are starting to have that type of department so they know how to address this. It's a part of recruiting now. I don't think it's going to be as big of a slippery slope as some might think, and I think the people that do think it's a slippery slope, they're closed-minded and don't understand how things do evolve. Yeah, I mean,
0: things are going to change, right? And the NCAA found themselves in this bag with NIL and unprepared because they were resistant to change. And so now getting ahead of it, trying to be progressive in your outlook is the most important thing. But I think this television revenue is going to go a long ways in terms of college football as a whole, being able to put the infrastructure in place to best support these athletes, even though we do have the emergence of NIL. So it's all very fascinating, the different dynamics that are coming into play. But Make no mistake about it, the Big Ten made a huge statement huge.
1: about who yes. is the preeminent college football athletic conference. Listen, they walked in like David Ruffin and said, hey, I'm David Ruffin, and these are the temptations, just to let you know who is running this day. No <laughs>
0: doubt about it. Coming up next, we got week two of the NFL preseason kick it off. We'll tell you what you need to be watching for in tonight's matchup.
2: Greenie, the podcast. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash today. That's Macy's.com slash
1: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be.
0: If you haven't heard, we're expecting big news on the Deshaun Watson front this day. According to several sources with the Browns media Brown's media availability has been delayed. We've also heard from Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk that he expects to get news on the Deshaun Watson front today. Now, our very own Dan Graziano said that there was some news yesterday that could potentially come out or as late as today. So, Ro, the football world has been waiting uh, with bated breath on Deshaun Watson and when we're going to hear about the appeal that Roger Goodell and the NFL launched several weeks ago behind the Deshaun Watson discipline. Your thoughts on what could potentially be on the horizon for Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns?
1: This has arguably been the biggest story in the NFL over the past few months, seeing Deshaun Watson signing that guaranteed deal Now we wait for the suspension, and we've heard so many different things. We already know that six games is already out there on the table after the Houston-Texas sat him down for the entirety of last season, although he did receive compensation. So now, me personally, I always feel like he's already served his time as far as missing games. Now, Mm. games could be added. That that would be fair. However, I think that –
0: So even though he got
1: paid last season, you feel like he's
0: been disciplined somewhat?
1: Well, I mean, the discipline was there because he wasn't able to play. Yes, we would love to have a position where we could, you know, get paid and not play. However, that is a year off of his football life. And as you know, you only have so many of those remaining. So that is a major penalty for him. So six games this season, maybe a fine is levied along with it. So you take some of that compensation that he received last year. I feel that that would be the best bet, seeing that he's you know, he's he's paid his fine, essentially, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what I'll say. I mean, the
0: NFL could have taken him off the field last year officially by putting him on the commissioner's exempt list or suspending him pending the investigation. But what we do know is, based on the discipline that Sue Robinson already levied, his suspension is going to be more than six games. It's going to fall somewhere between six games in the entire year, and it's going to be a fine attached to it. And so, you know, the NFL is always paying attention to the court of public opinion, and there are people that feel like Deshaun Watson got off light When you consider the fact that he got a $230 million contract fully guaranteed from the Browns and didn't have to pay any financial penalty as far as his sexual misconduct. So that is a big issue for this. And I think that's what Peter Harvey is going to pay attention to. But he's also going to give the NFL and Deshaun Watson plenty of runway to come to a settlement agreement. You're listening to Greenie coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier seventeen on ESPN radio and ESPN plus. I am Chris Canny. He is Roe Parish and we are presented by Progressive Insurance and we are following developments on the Deshaun Watson front. According to Tom Withers of the AP, the Browns' media availability has been delayed. Now, that has been corroborated by Mary Kay Cabot, who covers the Cleveland Browns for the Cleveland Plain Dealer. We've also heard from Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk that he expects news on the Deshaun Watson front today. Now, that aligns with what we heard from our very own Dan Graziano yesterday, Row, that in the next 24 hours we were going to get news on the Deshaun Watson front. Now we know that Roger Goodell's designee for the appeal, Peter Harvey, has said that he is going to allow the NFL – and Deshaun Watson's camp to have extended time to negotiate a settlement on Deshaun Watson's discipline. Now, that's expected to include more games and a substantial fine for Deshaun Watson. So your thoughts on it all and where that leaves the Cleveland Browns in terms of getting a decision on Deshaun Watson's suspension today.
1: One thing we spoke about, and and you mentioned it, and you know it well, the NFL is always paying attention to the court of public opinion. No doubt. Which they are in certain instances – Last time I checked, Deshaun Watson played a preseason game earlier this year. That happened last they, week. They, they allowed him out on the field in a Browns uniform with everything still hovering over and still undecided. So the question is, you talk about the negotiation, and you feel like the, the suspension will be a little bit longer along with the hefty fine. But then I counter and say, he's already been on the field. And they mm-hmm. clearly had all the power to take him off the field. Roger Goodell has it in his power to say, you know what, he is not allowed to dress this weekend for, or any, for any preseason games until this is decided.
0: Well, here's what I'll say to that. I, I have a very low bar when it comes to my expectations of the NFL to get it right when it comes to discipline, especially when it's surrounding issues with violence toward women. I mean, we've seen it too many times in the past, whether you want to talk about Ray Rice, whether you want to talk about Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, whether you want to look at what happened with Dan Snyder and how the Washington Commanders investigation went. The NFL fails when it comes to making sure that they send a firm message that they're not going to stand for certain behaviors, especially toward women. And so – For them, not taking Deshaun Watson off the field in the preseason is an extension of them not disciplining Deshaun Watson last year, at least putting him on the commissioner's exempt list and on the other end of that spectrum, suspending him and indefinitely pending the outcome of their investigation. All of those were tools that Roger Goodell had at his disposal, and yet he failed to use them. So I don't understand why they allowed him to play that preseason game if they're so adamant about wanting to establish a new precedent when it comes to discipline in the personal conduct policy when we're talking about women's rights issues. So that continues to be a question mark. But what won't be a question mark at some point today is what the settlement agreement is between Deshaun Watson and the NFL League office if they're able to come to one. We will know where the Cleveland Browns stand with their now star quarterback in terms of whether or not we're going to see him on the field this year. And why that's important is because the Cleveland Browns, in a little over three weeks, are going to kick off the regular season. And if it's not going to be Deshaun Watson available to him for the entire year, then they're probably going to have to make some tough decisions when it comes to going out and trying to acquire another quarterback. Because I don't believe you can rely on Jacoby Brissett to be your guy for all 17 regular season games.
1: And you know what? And it looks like if you look at Deshaun Watson's contract, the way it's structured, it looks like the Cleveland Cavaliers, Cleveland Browns, I should say, are, are they anticipated some type of additional disciplinary action because he's only going to count $10 million against the cap this season. And his base salary is only $1 million. Exactly. Yeah, so that's why I think there's going to be a fine attached to
0: this discipline. Because there's outrage for a quarterback that got the largest guarantee in NFL history coming off of 25 sexual misconduct allegations. And Roe, whether you think Deshaun Watson did something wrong or not, it is a very uncomfortable fact pattern that the NFL is looking at. And there's a reason why you had to settle those cases. There's a reason why the Houston Texans had to settle 30 cases. It's because it's a bad look for the league. The optics of it won't allow the six-game suspension to stand, and that's why I suspect that there will be significantly more games and there will also be a substantial fine. But I also suspect that we will see Deshaun Watson on an NFL, C- NFL field this year. I think that's the point of the whole negotiation. I-, I don't think that Deshaun Watson's camp would settle for any kind of discipline agreement that would take him off the field for the entirety of 2020.
1: Okay, so we've already seen him sit for 17 games. The Houston Texans sat him down last year. The six-game suspension is already in place. So what would be a fair number to you, in addition to the six games that they've already levied so far this season, how many more games do you think is going to be added to this? It's hard to use the word fair because we're
0: talking about 25 women's lives being affected by his actions. and. Hearing what Deshaun Watson said before the preseason game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think, was a prelude to settlement talks, right? Because he, he first expressed a level of remorse, a level of contrition that we hadn't heard from him throughout the entirety of this saga, right? He, Deshaun Watson claimed that he did nothing wrong under the circumstances, and for the first time, he actually apologized on how he impacted these women's lives. I think that was him in his camp turning the corner and essentially greasing the skids and preparing for what would be a settlement with the National Football League on discipline that would give him more than six games and that would hit him in the pocketbook. So I I think that pivot from him opened the door to the NFL being willing to have the conversation because, again, this is about the optics of it a lot more than it's about the precedent that Roger Goodell claims he's trying to
2: set.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of different – things happen over time when it comes to the NFL and suspending players or maybe not disciplining players the way that they should. And this is not the opportunity to name names, but we've seen cases to where, wait, hold on, he just got this many games after he did that? And then it seems like a hypocrisy to where something happens to where maybe it's a an illegal substance or mm-hmm. some type of, uh, you know, substance that, that is a PED and yep. they get an equal suspension. And it's like, okay, these are apples to oranges. They don't seem to even out. Apples to wrenches sometimes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, listen, Deandre Hopkins
0: has a six game PED suspension and we're going to equate that to what Deshaun Watson did Fair with point. 25 accusations of sexual misconduct. Fair point. It, it done that up. So it's clear that the NFL needs to address its personal conduct policy and this is the first opportunity for them to send a clear message about what that new precedent is going to be. Now, Ro, we have this from Mary Kay Cabot on Twitter. Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson, Discipline News, is being announced today. League sources tell her. So the discipline is coming down today for Deshaun Watson. We'll know more about his football future in the short term, but we'll also know more about the Cleveland Browns' future and what this could potentially mean and how this could impact them. Now, I'm of the opinion if Deshaun Watson is off the field for double-digit games, then the Cleveland Browns seriously have to consider going after another quarterback because this is a team that should have championship aspirations, and I'm just not sure – Well, check that. I am sure Jacoby Brissett ain't the guy to get him there. Josh Dobbs ain't the guy to get him there. So, Roe, what's your thoughts on the Cleveland Browns going after another quarterback? Say a Jimmy Garoppolo type in the next three weeks if Deshaun Watson is off the field for 10 or more games.
1: We know the situation with Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. It is currently liquid. It's in motion because... Fluid. fluid. That's the word that I was looking for. Thank you for that assist. But they haven't given him a playbook. So he doesn't actually know how they're going to run things. It's He's kind not going to be on the team. It's kind of a weird situation. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be on the team. But what, what's happening
0: with San Francisco is they're waiting to see if an injury happens or a team gets def- desperate like the Cleveland Browns if Deshaun Watson is suspended. So, so
1: what, who sponsors this show? Progressive. Insurance. Yes. So basically, the San Francisco 49ers are using Jimmy G as an insurance policy right now.
0: No, it's not necessarily an insurance policy. They're looking at it to see if they can get something of value for Jimmy G. And the only way they're able to generate a market where somebody would give up a draft pick, it would be desperation. Now, desperation can come in the form of injury desperation could also come in the form of a significant Deshaun Watson suspension. So if this suspension doubles, if you're talking about 12 games, then yeah, I think Cleveland, it would behoove them to go after you go get Jimmy him. Garoppolo
1: time. You got to go get him. Yeah. And, and and he's not the same type of quarterback. He's
0: not the same kind of quarterback, but he fits within the scheme of what Kevin Stefanski wants absolutely. to do. Because that's a West Coast scheme they're, they have a short passing game. We know Jimmy Garoppolo thrives on that. They'll take some shots in play action every now and again, but they're going to lean heavily on the running game. A lot of inside, outside zone Cleveland does have some hard ball runs. And when you have running backs like Kareem Chubb and Kareem Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, you absolutely want to get them the ball as much as you possibly can. And they got a really good offensive line and they got a top-ten defense. So Cleveland feels like a team that's ready to go. It's just that they need competent quarterback play, better quarterback play than they got from Baker Mayfield last year. I think they're in position to have that if they go after a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. The only question becomes – What's the asking price? What would you have to give up from San
1: Francisco to get him because they know you're desperate? Indeed, competency but consistency as well. Baker Mayfield did not provide that for Cleveland, and that's why he is in a quarterback competition right now for the Carolina Panthers. But coming back to Cleveland, you talk about what Jimmy G can do, whether it be the play action or the short passing game. He seems to fit what you are talking about as far as Kevin Stefanski, what they want to add for that Cleveland Browns team. Now we do wonder, is Jimmy G going to stay healthy? He's had history of injuries here and there, but let's just say he does stay healthy and it is a double game suspension for Deshaun Watson. This mm-hmm. could be the right fit for Cleveland to have those championship aspirations. I think Jimmy G would fit in nice in that Cleveland organization for them to move forward.
0: Yeah. So we're waiting for the Deshaun Watson discipline to come down and we're expecting to get that news at any moment today we all know the game isn't over till it's over so the next time you need parts for your car don't call it quits go to ebay motors they have 122 million parts to take your car into overtime get the right parts at the right prices ebaymotors.com let's ride you're listening to greenie on espn radio and espn plus i am chris Canny. he is roe parish we are presented by progressive insurance and according to mary Kay cabot We are expecting to get news on the Deshaun Watson discipline today. That has been confirmed by others around the football world. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk. Dan Graziano intimated that we would get that news yesterday afternoon. So that is what the football world is waiting on with bated breath, the news about Deshaun Watson. Now, here's the thing. If Deshaun Watson is off the field And we're anticipating that the suspension is going to be significantly more than six games. If he is off the field, should the Cleveland Browns, if he's off the field for double-digit games, should the Cleveland Browns go after another quarterback this preseason? The number is 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Roe, to that question,
1: you say what? I say they need to go get a quarterback immediately. As soon as the suspension is announced, you would like to think that they already have a deal in place to acquire a quarterback. We've spoken about Jimmy G. I mean, the quarterback market is slim right now. Everybody's pretty much on a roster that you would want to have on your team as a starter. So where do you go? We know these quarterbacks don't grow on trees. And if you want to have a championship roster that has a chance to compete for a title, you can't just go get a guy off the street Who, who who's sitting out there. I mean, we could go through names, but there's, there's nobody out there. there that there's you nobody yeah. that's competent. There's and-
0: nobody that's taken his team to two NFC Championship game appearances in the last two years. Absolutely, the last not. three years. There's nobody that's done that. Jimmy G has. So that would be the guy that you would go after if he's healthy. It makes the most sense in terms of a scheme fit. He's not going to be a guy that gets in the way in terms of the culture that Kevin Stefanski is trying to establish. He's not going to ruffle feathers in the locker room like Baker Mayfield once did. He's not going to undermine a head coach like Baker Mayfield once did. The only question is how comfortable is Jimmy G going into another situation where he's a lame duck quarterback before a guy that doesn't have many options I don't think he would mind jumping into the Ferrari that is the Cleveland Browns roster and taking it for a drive because this is an opportunity for Jimmy G to build up his market value in in the NFL for the 2023 offseason.
1: Yeah, I mean, so when you have a situation to where, as you mentioned, a lame duck quarterback – What do you want to do? You want to get out there on the field and show people, you know what? Everything that happened in San Fran, they obviously drafted somebody they felt was better than me who had a higher upside. Let me show you what I can do. I had great potential when I was in new England that led me to San Francisco where I've led teams to championship situations. So I can do that again. And let me show you how great I'm going to be with a great surrounding cast, elevate their level of play and lead them to wins consistently. Yeah. No question about it. So from the football perspective, Deshaun Watson
0: being off the field for significantly more games makes the picture come clearer for Andrew Berry, their general manager in terms of what he needs to do personnel wise at the quarterback spot. But now the attention should shift to Roger Goodell. Once the suspension is announced in terms of the new precedent in the personal conduct policy and trying to address it where there's uniformity in terms of the application of the policy across Across the NFL, which means players, coaches, front office personnel, and owners, but then also being the face of this decision to establish a new precedent. Because he is going against the decision that Judge Robinson came down with several weeks ago. And this is something that was joint someone that was jointly appointed by the NFLPA and by the league office as an independent arbiter to oversee player discipline and for Roger Goodell to deviate from the discipline that she laid down, that that is a significant shift for the Absolutely. NFL. And Absolutely. so there has to be some explaining, and there has to be somebody that's the face of it, and it can't be Peter Harvey, the designee. It would have to be Roger Goodell. Let's go out to the call-in line and bring on Jason in New Jersey. Jason, you're on ESPN Radio. Hey, guys. What's
3: happening? Um, is there is- – a question on this uh, Deshaun Watson thing uh, or Jimmy Garoppolo: Is there a moral dilemma for like, like, like if you know, like you guys said, he's already proven himself, right? And people know he's a good quarterback. Like, do you want to sign with a team that like sign this guy with all these with all these problems overhead? Like, is, is he adding to the situation? Is this? I know it's not going to scar him personally, but
0: Do you want to be involved with that? You want to be a part of that? Jason, we appreciate the question. The short answer is no. Players don't care about that. Players care about can you help me win, and can I put myself in a situation where I can maximize my value? And that's exactly what Jimmy Garoppolo is looking at.
1: Exactly. I mean, we we know this NFL, it's, it's talent over trouble at times. It's championships over character. No doubt about it. Let's go out to Nick, who's a Bengals fan. Nick, you're on Greeny. What up? Man, I appreciate the
2: call. Uh, y'all taking my call. I hope y'all are doing well. As a longtime suffering Bengals fan, I hope they ride it out with Dobbs and Brissett.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nick, I can appreciate you saying that. Riding for your Bengals. Let me tell you, let me tell you what Cleveland not gonna do. If Deshaun Watson is off the field for say 10 to 12 games. They are not riding with Brissett or Josh Dobbs. They are going to go out there and get them a quarterback. And it just so happens that there is a quarterback that is there to be had. A quarterback who's taken his team to the NFC Championship game two of the last three years.